listening to Pet Candy. This show is brought to you by Brave Paws, a natural stress and anxiety chewable for dogs. Learn more at mybravepaws.com. Welcome to our new show, Obsessed, a show where we talk about whatever it is we're currently obsessed with. I'm Caitlin Palmer. I'm Clay. And we're Obsessed. obsessed. Welcome back, everybody. If you're listening to this, that means we got renewed. Unless it's a cruel, cruel joke. I think it's all right. I think it's okay. So as we mentioned before, the winner of our giveaway, who, by the way, was our friend Kit, gets to choose the next subject, which is tonight. Or today, I guess, if you're listening to this. Yeah, if you're listening to this, it might be day, it might be night. I don't know. I don't even know what time it is right now, except that I do, because I just looked at the time. Yeah. Now you feel bad. Yeah, uh, not bad. but I do. (laughs) It's late. It is. So this is kind of a weird recording, because we record on Tuesdays. Yesterday was Memorial Day, so... We're playing catch up, but it's okay. We're here. We're here for you. Allegedly. Allegedly. Right. So what is the topic then? Well, before I tell a story, you know how this goes. You have to tell me a story. <laughs> okay. Well, I found this one literally an hour ago. A, so much thought and preparation. <laughs> a uh, paper was published. I think this is last Tuesday, unless this was today, uh, in the journal Nature Communications. Uh-huh. I guess is a scientific journal or paper. Sounds sciencey. Um, but it is about great white sharks Ooh. and megalodons. Oh my! Uh, so you know, it's been speculated that the great white contributed, at least in some part, to the megalodons' fall. Right. Since they existed at the same time, they've come across some evidence that helps support the theory that basically pits the great white in competition against the megalodon. Right. So uh, anytime there's competition in the animal kingdom, obviously somebody loses. So you're probably thinking it's weird that the really big ones lost. Did they, though? Well, you can do an episode if you want to on uh, whether megalodons are still alive. Shark week. They're definitely not. But (laughs) I'm just going ahead. That's my stance. They ain't alive. Essentially, it came down to, like, who could manage their resources better. And while being really big was super dope, uh, it didn't help them in the long run. Yeah. Great white sharks, while still very big, were, you know, much smaller, required less food, were able to share that, so they were able to right. proliferate Bigger's better. Bigger's not always better. Right. I mean, that's the, you know, the dinosaurs died out and all that. Right. Before that, you know, bugs were huge, several feet long. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. It, same, same thing there. They were too big for their britches, essentially. <laughs> oh, that's cute. Oxygen levels changed, and they weren't able to sustain that size anymore. Yeah, so they, like, reconstructed food chains from the long, long ago, and were able to take a good look at that. They, they did a bunch of other, like, super science stuff <laughs> I'm not really going to get into that have to do with, like, zinc isotope levels and that kind of thing. But, Neat. yeah, essentially they, they've all but confirmed, like, the Great White was a major contributing factor to killing out the Megalodons. Allegedly. Allegedly killing out the Megalodons. Allegedly. I just thought that was uh, neat. That is awesome, and that's right up my alley because your girl loves a shark. Right. I mean, you 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 know, great white sharks aren't just old enough to be considered like dinosaurs, like the megalodon, but um, they actually won. They're they're the victorious yeah. ones. They beat out the megalodon. They're not simply what came after. They actively defeated the megalodon for their their place here on the earth. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> 
(laughs) Well, listeners, you already know because it's in the show title, but... Our friend Kit won the competition, and we're so excited. Um, I should put out a little disclaimer. We kind of refer to her as Kit and as Leanne. That's the same person. (laughs) Yeah, and we use them interchangeably sometimes. Yeah, yeah. her human name is Leanne, but in a video game we play, her (laughs) character's name is Kit. So that's why we call her Kit. Uh, We met on Final Fantasy XIV. She's been our friend for several years, like a long-distance best friend. It's like... I really want to go meet her. She's amazing. <laughs> but she's been our friend ever since. And she used to live in Alaska. Now, Kit is really, really awesome, as we've already said. But we were expecting her to choose something like foxes or some kind of yokai or something. But she surprised us both and she picked the Alaska Triangle. Have you heard of it? If you mean, like, overheard the YouTube videos you were watching? Wow. (laughs) This one wasn't a secret. It was kind of like, she won. What does she want? Let's do it. Right. I mean, I'm in charge of the emails, so (laughs) So it was going to happen eventually. No, I mean, before this, I had never heard of the Alaska Triangle. I had not either. And um, I know about the Bridgewater Triangle because of my girls on Morbid. Oh, my God. Ash and Elena, I love you so much. Y'all <laughs> Shout out know. to them far more superior. Oh, God. They are the queens. We are we are, but the sand beneath their toes. <laughs> but anyway, so the Bridgewater Triangle is in Massachusetts. We all know the Bermuda Triangle. This is the Alaska Triangle. Not the Alaskan Triangle. The Alaska Triangle. Because if you type in Alaskan Triangle, it's like, did you <laughs> mean go. Alaska Triangle? And I'm like, wow, thanks, Google. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not the Bermudan Triangle. Bermuda. Bermudan Triangle. Triangle. Yeah, it's Bermuda. So I guess (laughs) the same thing applies for Alaska Triangle. But yeah, I was going to ask about that. There's so much to the Alaskan Triangle. So much that honestly, it could be its own miniseries. And it is. (laughs) A lot of, there's podcasts, there's shows. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff about the Alaska Triangle. So you're saying we're going to have to come back to this one at some point. We we may come back to this at some point. So for the sake of time, I'm just going to kind of hit the high points. But you should definitely check out the lore. It's it's amazing. So this is barely the tip of the literal iceberg. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it's an iceberg. It's a glacier. Okay. (laughs) So everyone grab your coats and your squishmallows because we're going to Alaska. Alaska is the biggest state in the U.S. Sorry, Texas. It's actually bigger than the five biggest states combined. Yeah, you kind of miss that like on the maps because things get distorted when you flatten it out. Right. Well, and Alaska is not part of, I guess, the continental United States. It's... Well, I mean, it doesn't touch the rest of the United States. Right, it is right. separated I mean, yeah. by a big chunk of Canada. Right. Uh, but it is on the same continent anyway. Oh, yeah. No, the same continent. But no. Well, no, you're right. Okay. Edit that out. Make me sound smart. <laughs> so, I mean, you, you had the right idea. Right. It's not attached to the rest of the United I'm States. I'm trying to think what the by itself. actual term is. Yeah. But, but yeah, no, I, I know it's, it's much larger than you kind of remember it being. Alaska is... Redonkulous. And Hawaii is a lot smaller than people. It is. Like expanded on the map, too, to be like, yeah, Hawaii. We got that one, too. And it's like, it's it's like, no baddies, baddies. It is very small. Very small. So we've only explored 160,000 out of 365 million acres of the last frontier state. Wonder how it got that name. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, it's the last frontier. <laughs> so this state has an incredibly low population density. So there's only about one person per square mile. Right. Well, pretty much all of the life in Alaska is... It's not conducive to much life. Well, yeah, what I was saying, like, everybody that lives in Alaska is pretty much huddled around in, like, a handful of towns. Right, right. So Alaska's only about 50 miles from Russia. Yeah. And we don't think about it that way, but it's (laughs) right there. Right, well, again, that comes back to the square map that we're used to seeing. Right. It's like, oh, no, Russia's all the way over there. And it's like, well, no, I mean, it wraps around. it's like right right next door. Yeah, it's right there. (laughs) There's just a little little lake you got to jump over. There may be flat earthers listening, and they're very upset about us. And you know what? Too bad. Come at me. <laughs> <laughs> send Clay a hateful email to obsessedwiththepalmers at gmail.com. Yeah, send, send me one. I love hearing from Flat Earthers. We'll be right back with more Pet Candy. Here's something fascinating I realized while taping this podcast. There are compelling and downright mysterious medical cases that happen every day in veterinary hospitals all across the country. And most of the time, the unsung heroes that help these animals never get a chance to talk about them and you never hear their stories. Until now. This podcast, Vet Mysteries with Dr. Courtney, takes a deep dive into some of the strangest medical cases and we meet the incredible veterinary teams that help to save their lives. If you like a little bit of mystery, a ton of intrigue, and love pet health like I do, This podcast is for you. I'm Dr. Courtney, and you can subscribe and listen to this podcast for free on Vet Candy Radio or anywhere you listen to podcasts. So you can also see the Northern Lights from Alaska, which let's be honest, that's magical and I would love to go. But we're not talking about the touristy side of Alaska. We're not not talking about the things that make you want to go to Alaska. So the Alaska Triangle is AKA Alaska's Bermuda Triangle or the Devil's Triangle. Mm. This is a vast place of untouched wilderness. It's surrounded by mystery and it's a hot spot for missing people and paranormal activity. And it's not a small triangle. The area holds tens of thousands of square miles and is prone to harsh temperatures and long periods of darkness. Yeah, I believe as all Alaska is. <laughs> Fair. So it connects Anchorage in the south and Juneau to the southeast panhandle. And then at the very north top is, is Barrow because obviously triangle, three sides. So there's something about triangles, right? What are, what are all these triangles? So triangles with the number three, so three sides. They represent perfectness, unity, and importance. The delta sign in mathematics means change or the change. The number three, as we know it, is an important number. In fact, it's considered the perfect number, unless you're going to hang out, because I don't hang out in groups of three. So it's considered a perfect number. And one of the most famous examples of this is the Holy Trinity, so the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in Christianity. Other examples are heaven, hell, and earth, past, present, and future. Uh, Three also represents... The comedy rule of threes. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And three also represents the awakening of wisdom. The all-seeing eye is seen within inside of a triangle. It traditionally represents God watching humanity. It's also thought to be more of an Illuminati slash I was say, or Mason the Illuminati. Symbol, excuse me, but that's for another podcast. Yeah, another podcast. Right. We'll probably end up hitting the Illuminati at some point. Oh, I'm point. sure we will, except unless, it, unless they're peanuts and they're the Illuminati. Uh, Are you proud of yourself? Yeah. <laughs> okay. No. 
I'm not. My favorite thing about the Illuminati is their cheese making techniques. That's deep cut for anyone who's a turbo nerd. Also, uh, Orville has 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 joined the podcast. <laughs> yeah, once again, I was trying. I was playing defense to keep him from jumping on the table and ruining everything. So, if you hear a giant crash and us screaming, it's the cat. It's fine. Right, and they chose not to edit that out, which I appreciate. Yeah, thanks same. for that. Well, yeah, the triangle is also one of like the strongest shapes, right? It's I mean, considered it's, perfect. Yes, <laughs> the perfect shape. Perfect, perfect. Right. Well, perfect. you covered that, but I meant like. Strength-wise, like load-bearing, right? Because of its shape, is able to hold more right. than other shittier shapes. <laughs> other more shitty shapes. <laughs> so the third eye chakra is supposed to open your eyes to the unseen. So this kind of goes back to the threes. Um, aether is the fifth element. It's represented by a triangle. Hmm. Also, the fifth element was a dope-ass movie. Um, <laughs> it's been so long. It's been yeah. so long. The fifth element, a.k.a. quintessence, is thought to be what fills the universe beyond the earthly realm. Hmm. So it's, you know, triangles have kind of a spiritual a very mystic. Thing. Yeah. So traditionally, triangles represent harmony and balance with their three sides and whatnot. So why do we have these bad triangles? Could it be that they're just areas of high spiritual power? You know, this, the triangle is a very spiritual shape. And depending on where you're oriented on the map, is it an, a right-side-up triangle or is it an upside-down triangle? We've kind of talked about upside-down uh, upside triangles. We did. Before, like with the chupacabra. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's still weirded out with the chupacabra. <laughs> you brought up, like, uh, people uh, dealing with, like, aliens and stuff. Yeah. Talking about upside-down triangles. Three, two lights on top, one on the bottom. The three. Yeah. So, according to our friend Kit, pretty much everyone from Alaska knows it's just a huge-ass dead zone without a lot of anyone to find you if your bush plane goes down. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a harsh environment, so I could see people sure. going missing because it, they it were— It doesn't sound like it would be an uncommon thing. Right, It really yeah. doesn't. I mean, unless it was some astronomical number. Right. Well, she said that a lot of Alaskans just kind of embrace and embellish the stories because tourists love it. Yeah, so, I mean, we all love a mystery, but five out of every 1,000 people who visit Alaska go missing. In the triangle? In in Alaska, period. Or just in Alaska, period. Okay. But the triangle's a big part of Alaska. And so, do you know the percentage of those that go missing in the triangle? I think I have it here later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, there's several TV series and podcasts, like I'd said, about this, including Missing in Alaska, the Alaska Triangle. There's... A lot of really, really interesting stuff I would encourage you to listen because it's really cool. So there's countless disappearances across Alaska, but especially within the Triangle. I picked a select few to talk about just for the sake of time. Some particular stories? Yeah, I just picked like I would say five in a thousand is quite a bit. That's a lot. That's quite a lot. That's proportionate to how many people there are? Yeah. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. In October of 1972, this area attracted public attention when a private plane vanished into thin air while traveling from Anchorage to Juneau. The plane was carrying U.S. House Majority Leader Hale Boggs and Alaskan Congressman Nick Beckick, as well as an aide and, of course, the pilot. Afterwards, more planes went down and hikers went missing, and people in general seemed to just vanish into thin air. It should be mentioned that the number of active pilots in Alaska is 3.6 times the national average, and the state has four times as many airports per square mile. This is because of the many places that are only accessible by aircraft, but then again, that gives us a lot of opportunities for tragedy. Yeah. Well, I mean, they say air travel is the safest travel. Right. 
you said House Majority. Yeah, House Majority Leader. Yeah, those are kind of more important than just— And an Alaskan congressman, yeah. So they, some drunk teenagers. You right. Know. So they really attracted that media attention. So we, like we said, there's a lot of opportunities for tragedy because there are so many planes. There are so many pilots. It's, of course, more going to go missing because there's more. In 1995, this one's sad, a little 73-year-old World War II veteran named Leonard Lane was enjoying a 4th of July parade in Fairbanks when he seemed to just vanish into thin air. He was said to walk with kind of a slight limp, so it's possible he just fell and got hurt or got covered up by snow or got eaten by something. But despite that... Is it that bad? (laughs) Like, in the city limits of Alaska that (laughs) the snow will cover you up? and wolves will eat you in the streets? I mean, maybe. It sounds like it. But despite a massive search effort, he was never found. Hmm. So that's sad. The little man was just enjoying his 4th of July (laughs) festival. Now, in October of 2014, 20-year-old Jail Tiara Hamblin vanished without a trace. She came home from dinner with her roommate, but decided she wanted to go back out on her own. The next morning, her bed was found unmade. Her car was still in the driveway, but... Her roommate said she was gone. Five months later, they found her purse buried in the snow, but she's never been seen since. Oh, wow. Like, she's just gone. In 2020, so this is pretty recent, Frank Manana was reported missing from Nanana, which is about 60 miles west of Fairbanks and in the heart of the Alaska Triangle. He is thought to have become lost in the woods and taken shelter in a cabin. But this man was described as a traditional educator and mentor in culture, hiking, subsistence, living, and respecting the land. It seemed like if anyone should stand a chance of survival, it would be Frank. Yeah, even if he wasn't physically equipped, he would be mentally equipped. He, he, he should he it's he taught this kind of thing. Right. He should know what to do in right. these situations if nothing else. Literally prepared his whole life for this. Right. Uh, but he's they still haven't found him. Nothing. He's just gone. So in Alaska, the rate of disappearance is twice the national average. Many of these disappearances are attributed to the naturally harsh elements that make up Alaska. Avalanche, lakes, wildlife, sub-zero temperatures. Sub-zero himself. Sub-zero himself, the the entity. (laughs) And it's believed also, just very casually, to be the location of a vortex. Uh, of just a vortex? Just a vortex. What kind of vortex? <laughs> so let's talk about vortexes for oh, a quick. Oh, vortices. Vortices. Is that? Vortex I. We'll say them all, and then I'm sure they'll just edit the correct Yeah, just edit it in the correct one. <laughs> they won't. They won't edit it. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be like, let's watch them squirm. <laughs> so a vortex, if you don't, for anyone who doesn't know what a vortex is, it's a vortex is a mass of energy that moves in a rotary or whirling motion, causing a depression or vacuum in the center. These powerful eddies of pure earth power manifest as spiral-like coagulations of energy that are either electric, magnetic, or electromagnetic qualities of life force. And Paige Bryant's the one who said that. That was a quote. Okay, so we're talking about like some pseudoscience type Basically a swirling center of energy located in areas of intense energy. Sort of like a ley line or something. Yeah, it's so there's two kinds of vortex, and I didn't know this. A positive vortex spirals upwards and clockwise. These are the good vortexes. Of course. Areas of healing or positive energy where visitors feel recharged or uplifted. These areas are usually sought out. Some examples of positive vortexes would be the Egyptian pyramids, Stonehenge, the Sedona Desert, and several sacred temples throughout the world. 
So these are places that you would maybe even make a pilgrimage to for inspiration, for those good healing vibes. Negative vortexes spiral downwards and in a counterclockwise motion. These are the bad vortexes. Right, because they go to the left, as we know all evil things do. Right, if you're left-handed, you're (laughs) evil. I mean, we've established that since antiquity. Some old dude painted a picture where Judas held some gold in his left hand. Duh. And people were like, you see that? (laughs) (laughs) Proof. Proof. I mean, it sounds right to me. (laughs) Some old dude who never met Judas, much less didn't see the Last Supper. Right. You're like, there it is. There it is. Can't argue with that. For anybody who doesn't know, we're kidding. If you have left, if you're left-handed, I think that's cool. I know a girl who was ambidextrous one time. That was really cool. That's cool, but yeah, no, left-handed people are evil by nature. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, was it Michelangelo said so when he painted that. Oh, okay. Well, if Michelangelo said it, yeah, that's who painted the Last yeah. Supper. I don't know. One of the teenage mutant Ninja turtles. Yeah, did one it, of so. the turtles. It's even more impressive when you find out they're a turtle. We'll be right back with more Pet Candy. I love my fur babies so much, but when they're stressed out, it makes me stressed out. Mine hate loud noises like thunderstorms and fireworks, and sometimes they just don't want to be left home alone. To help keep your dogs calm in moments of stress, use Brave Paws Anxiety and Stress Support Chewables for Dogs. These plant-based chewables promote calm behavior with natural ingredients that have been clinically studied. Did I mention they're fast-acting and non-drowsy? I especially love that the natural ingredients are sustainably sourced. How cool is that? Want to learn more? Check out mybravepaws.com. Your dog will be happy you did. But back to negative vortexes. They spiral downwards in a counterclockwise motion because they're the bad vortexes. They're pretty much the exact opposite of a positive vortex. So these are areas that create a draining of energy. So people report feeling depression, nightmares, confusion, disorientation, and hallucinations in these areas. These are also the areas that seem to cause electrical malfunctions. So your battery goes dead or... Well, it's interesting that you're talking about, like, magnetic fields and that kind of thing. I mean, that's what the northern lights are. Right. It is a a weakening in our planet's magnetic field where the sun's radiation causes um, basically radiation that is not in the visible light spectrum to become so. But it's so pretty. Yeah, it's extremely cool, but... I guess, I guess if you're going to say that there's going to be a vortex there, it would make sense. It, it does. It does yeah. make sense. So electronic readings have indeed found higher intensities of magnetic irregularity. Some search teams have even reported their compasses malfunctioning, sometimes being up to 30 degrees off. Mm. So there's, it's a real thing yeah. in this in this triangle. Which I guess doesn't help the people exactly. not get lost it's in not the, ideal for search the and unforgiving wilderness. Right. When searching for missing people, oftentimes volunteers express feelings of disorientation and auditory hallucinations. Well, there's, yeah, there's been um, talk about like powerful magnetic uh, fields being able to do that too. Right. So uh, that's led to some speculation with like ghosts that there's right. usually some sort of magnetic field disturbance in that area, you know, man-made or otherwise, that's causing the hallucinations. In the right. First place, so. Or a, a portal or a vortex or whatever, right, yeah. you know. Another theory is ice gnomes. So gnomes have been across all the cultures. You know, we've got leprechauns, we've got elves, we've got dwarves. We love them. Sometimes they're really sweet. Sometimes they're evil as hell. But they're always short. They're always little. Ice gnomes are a malicious creature. Okay, good. (laughs) 
They're not nice. They're really bad. They're very goblin-like. They're vicious, carnivorous. They live in tribes. They're feral gnomes. <laughs> feral gnomes. Yeah, they, uh, they're, they're cute little guys that eat humans. Some sources blame them for the disappearances within the triangle. Sightings have coincided with missing people. Hmm. One story tells of a young girl who, after asking her mother if she could go outside to play, vanished. Her mother reported seeing a little dark figure fleeing the yard around the time of the disappearance. They have a history of leaving no tracks and leaving behind pieces of animal carcasses. Many native tribes warn against children going outside alone because they may be taken away by the ice gnomes. And different tribes call them different things, so I'm just going to call them ice gnomes for simplicity. There's also maybe killer mermaids. Okay. We got a we got a lot of lakes. There's a lot of frozen water up in uh, our friends to the north there. <laughs> so in 1608, explorer Henry Hudson stated that his crew saw a mermaid, described as a beautiful woman with black hair and pale skin and the tail of a porpoise. Mermaid tails have been seen throughout history and across the world over many cultures. So one example is the Kali Pollock. They have human legs and a tail. So think about like a scary Zora from Legend of Zelda. They wear a garment with a pouch for putting bad children in. So you better stay away from the shoreline or else they'll come down and drown you. Recently, a fish was found that had a human-like bite taken out of it. So was it a polycolic? We don't know. Do they have human mouths? Mm, well, I'm I want to know more about <laughs> I want to know more about this creature. <laughs> They're really, really cool. I'm sure we'll eventually do a mermaid episode, and they will be. We'll talk about those. They then. will be touched upon. Oh, okay. Spiritually, one theory is that it could be a wolf eel, because mm. wolf eels kind of from the side look almost human-like. I guess if you're looking underwater, because they kind of have a flat face. To me, they kind of look like little angry old men. I don't believe that I. <laughs> personally would mistake them as a beautiful woman with pale skin and dark hair. But I guess you know, I the, could see the half fish, half the, human thing. The ocean does things to a man. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. Another theory, believe it or not, Clay, is aliens. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty much, I feel like that could be a disclaimer at the bottom of literally everything that we do. Yeah. But is it aliens? Right. Oh, there goes Orville getting on the table. Hold on. Got to get Orville off the table. Oh, Jane. He did some aerobics. Yeah, he did. He tried to, he did not want to get off the table. Oh, basically everything could be aliens. It could be aliens. It was aliens. (laughs) So in 1986, a Japanese cargo flight, Flight 1628, made a report to the Federal Aviation Administration, which is also the FAA, they allegedly had contact with three UFOs. Oh, yes, the FAR. The FAR. At first, the crew just assumed they were military vessels, paid them no mind. But then they noticed that the objects that were keeping pace with them, moving erratically, being still, all things that really aren't possible for aircraft. Uh, yeah, mon- Yeah, so they were followed for almost an hour. And then oh, wow, that's quite a while. They, they, they are. And then these sightings were actually validated by civilians on the ground that were like, mm. yeah, we saw that. What was that? We still don't know. Might have been aliens. My favorite Alaskan cryptid is the Kushtaka. They're especially popular in southeast Alaska, sometimes called the Otterman. The Otterman. The Otterman. 
No, Caitlin, that's something you put in your living room to put your feet on. <laughs> if you Google the Otterman, it's like, did you mean the Otterman? <laughs> it's like, no. So it's a cryptid. It's sometimes compared to Bigfoot, but it has a few key differences. For one, it's more otter-like. Okay, I'm imagining like an eight-foot-tall otter. Essentially. Like a bipedal otter. And he's ripped. And he's ripped? He's ripped. Fantastic. Yes. And he does want to give me a small rubber ball that I threw at him. He wants to eat you. Now, you know you know the noises that an otter makes, like that high-pitched like squeal that they yep. do? Yep. Now, can you imagine that being an eight-foot-tall? Well... They don't sound like otters. Oh, there's something about their sound. So, they're more otter-like. They're considered to be shapeshifters. They'll often okay. imitate a loved one and call out to travelers and lead them deeper and deeper into the unforgiving wilderness. The end goal is either to devour their flesh or to turn the victims into another kushtaka. Okay. Some variations are more monkey-like, and they have long claws. So, and there are some stories in which the Kashtaka is a good guy and actually helps guide travelers out of the wilderness. I was say, usually, like, uh, mischievous creatures end up being able to shapeshift. Right. It's like a common thing. Yeah, like a uh, Tanuki or Kitsune. Right, but it's also a common thing with those very same things that they're kind of fickle, and it's like, eh, we might lead you to death or salvation, like, you know, whichever. They're like, cake or death. <laughs> <laughs> so... Proportional to its population, Alaska is the most popular state among serial killers. Oh, cool. There are 15.65 serial killers per 1 million inhabitants. Okay, I was going to ask if it was like there are more there or if they just all really like Alaska. Proportionate like to the size. Like they busted into Ted Bundy's house and he had a whole bunch of like pictures of Alaska and stuff. Right. He's like, I just love the state. It's so beautiful. <laughs> there was. I a- want to strangle it. Oh, <laughs> No, Ted, no. There, I want to strangle this state of Alaska. <laughs> if anyone could, it'd be Ted Bundy. It would be Ted Bundy, man. He would do it. Ooh, we should do a Ted Bundy episode. I don't think he's a cryptid. He's just a dickhead. <laughs> yeah, he was. It's true. So there was a very famous serial killer in Alaska, but we're not going to say his name, number one, because I forget, but also because <laughs> screw that guy. He killed a lot of people. He doesn't deserve to be famous. But he would drop women off in the Alaskan wilderness and then hunt them. Oh. Yeah, real real peach, that guy. Oh, wow. And he was a baker. And he was a baker. And people liked him. But he was I mean, garbage. I guess until he dropped them off in the middle of the wilderness. And Can you imagine just being like, hey, good morning, I'm here for my baguette. And then you wake up and he's my like. baguette. And he's like, run. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that's a lot of serial killers per person for one state. Yeah, it's a lot. So it's kind of just a hot spot of just bad juju. Gravity Hill on Upper Huffman Road in Alaska, on in Anchorage, excuse me, the laws of physics don't apply. At least in theory. It's I was going to say, it sounds like one of those like fun it, houses. Yeah, it's, 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 it's said to only be illusion, but it's still cool. It's still worth mentioning. Uh, the laws of physics don't apply. A car can be in neutral at the bottom of the hill and mysteriously roll. Am I okay? I can't talk. <laughs> A car in neutral at the bottom of the hill mysteriously rolls upwards instead of down. Hmm. That's neat. And that's in the triangle, too. There's also a haunted auditorium, the Wendy Williamson Auditorium at the University of Alaska Anchorage campus. I thought you were going to say Wendigo. Uh, There's probably Wendigos, too. Oh, almost certainly. Yeah, it's all wilderness. Yeah. And uh, while we're talking about Alaskan, (laughs) they're not cryptids, but they might as well be a dang moose. 
Their antlers can <laughs> be up to six feet wide. Yeah, we, we got some friends in Canada, and they said the number one rule is you don't mess with the moose. No. And if you ever see footage... Meow. Horrible. Orville's trying to take down our employees. He's trying to eat the cork board. Yeah, he doesn't like the labor policies. (laughs) Quit being bad for like 30 minutes. He said no. But for real though, everybody, can we just talk about how great Brave Paws is? We got a free sample. We did. We're going to be completely transparent with you. We did. We got some free stuff and it works. Yeah, I was a little surprised. Like, I'm not going to lie. You get this stuff and it's... It doesn't really seem like a typical pet treat, right? Right. But we gave it to our pets, and they gobbled them right up. They do. <laughs> they do. And it's nice because it's like you give so many pills per pound, so you don't have to buy like three different sizes. You know, our little guy gets a half of one. Our big one gets three. <laughs> right. Yeah. And he loves it. He takes them like a treat. Now, being plant-based, you're kind of like, ooh, are they going to like it? Right, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's like, it's dry and sort of leafy. And it, like I said, it just doesn't, normally when you get a pet treat, it's kind of like moist and squishy. Mm-hmm. And, but you, you know, know, they don't usually eat those, I found. Well, that's because ours are extremely picky, which is why it was so surprising they ate these. Exactly. All, and we, we got we got more than one dog. We're going to be for real with y'all. But uh, they eat it and they eat it well. Yeah, and it worked. It does. We live in the deep south, a.k.a. Satan's armpit, and it storms and rains at least once a week. Like, at least once a week, we're under some kind of watch. Like, a hurricane watch, that's a Tuesday. And our dogs are weenies, so when it starts, like, with the lightning and the rain and everything, Mm -hmm. they freak out. They do. They do. We we really put these to the test. Right. And I did not think that they would work like they did. Exactly. As well as they do. And this is a non-prescription. You don't have to go to the vet and get it. It's not going to knock them out. It's not a sedative. It's just a calming support. And it does. We had lightning hit very close to our Within house. a mile. It rattled yeah. our windows. It was scary. I was even scared. I love bad weather. And we gave everybody their happy pills and <laughs> they put their brave paws on and everybody laid down and went to sleep and it was fun. Yeah. So like we don't have to do this part of the commercial, right? No. Like we've done the ad read and we've goofed around, but like this is, we wouldn't lie to you. We would we at would least not. not record this part if, exactly. if it didn't work and we didn't actually Exactly. And we're both in the animal industry and we have been for years and years. So we would not tell you about a product if we did not believe in it ourselves. Yeah, it absolutely worked for us. So maybe it'll work for you. Go check it out. Mybravepaws.com. Go put your brave paws on. Brave paws. Give your pet the courage they need to weather the storm. Oh, we, we got some friends in Canada who, you know, the number one rule is don't mess with the moose. Right. Um, and if you ever, like, look a moose up on, like, YouTube or something, like, in comparison to, like, cars that yeah. it's next to, you really get a respect for how big a friggin' moose is. Yeah. we've I've never seen a moose in real life, so I can't imagine. They sound amazing. Yeah, well, they can be, like, extremely, like, territorial oh, or aggressive. So, like, a, a bull moose, I guess, particularly in, like, mating season is kind of, like, the last thing you want to <laughs> run across. Yeah, no, I'm good. I'll just appreciate the moose from afar. So Russia oh, sold. Oh, uh, fun fact: they can dive. I think 
to like depths of 40 feet or something. <gasps> yes, and orcas eat moose. Yeah, that's the number one predator of the moose is orca whales. Right? Can you imagine? And Binhead did a, a commercial. Not commercial. Jesus. Am I okay? I'm not okay. It's late. A comic? Yeah, he did a comic. So this is the guy that wrote Pixie and Brutus. We all know him. We all love him. But uh, he did one of somebody diving and they're like, what's that? It's a moose? Why is there a moose underwater? And then an orca eats it and it's funny. Yeah, the, the moose dive to like eat the... The kelp. Right. Or whatever. Yeah, the seagrass. The seagrass. That that grows down there. Yes. So Russia sold Alaska to the USA without Alaska's permission. <laughs> well, yeah, classic. White people. Are Russians white people? <laughs> Do they count? We got enough strikes against us. <laughs> Jesus. Speaking of racism, Clay, <laughs> the correct term for a native Alaskan is an Inuit. Eskimo is really not a term that's used anymore. Right, yeah. It's, it's kind of racist, so they're Inuits. Yeah, like Eskimo is a word we assigned to them. Right. And, and they're like, well, kind that's of kind of word. not who we are, actually. We yeah. got our own word for who we are. Exactly. Like, it, was, oh, well. it was kind of a word to belittle them to white people. We suck. <laughs> we suck. It didn't go super well for the natives when yeah. everybody started coming over to North America. Jesus. Got a lot of raw deals. Yeah. Including having all of Alaska sold, I guess, to America. Right. Yeah. And it was to the cheap USA. Too. So we've talked a little bit about how badass the place is, but Alaska in general is a pretty unforgiving place. Unstable glaciers, wildlife, vast expanses of tundra, unforgiving temperatures. These are all things that are potentially harmful. Glaciers have a brittle upper crust, and without warning, they can fracture and cause a moulin which is a deep crevasse, that can search all the way down to the bottom of the glacier. So if you fall into one of those, you're, they're not going to yeah, find you. Yeah, you're trapped in like an ice prison forever. Right. There's over 100 volcanoes hmm. and over 3 million lakes. Alaska has oh, wow. earthquakes. There have been about 150,000 reported just in the last five years, and 31 of those were rated as a 6 or higher on the scale. I mean, it makes sense because it's like bordering the Ring of Fire. But you never really hear about Alaska getting earthquakes. I guess because, like... Well, there's nobody there, I guess, yeah, yes. in those areas. <laughs> if a tree falls and no one's around to hear it. If it there's an earthquake not. and there's no one around to report it. Right? <laughs> does it measure on the scale? So there's a lot of opportunity for something bad to happen. But Alaska does not have poison ivy. That's cool. So that's cool. So Alaska is beautiful and it's worthy of exploration, but... It demands respect. There's a lot of ways to die out there. Yeah. Like I've said before, the simplest explanation is often the correct one. But be wary. If you do decide to go exploring the Alaskan wilderness, especially the Alaska Triangle, just don't. <laughs> just just don't do it. Just don't do it. But if you do, buy me. There's so much Alaska that's not inside of the triangle that you could explore. There's so much Alaska. There's I, a lot of Alaska. I did not appreciate Alaska prior to this research. Oh, and then you, did you hit Google Images? Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Alaska's gorgeous. I would love to go to Alaska. And, and our friend Kit, she doesn't live in Alaska anymore, but she said that she didn't like living there. She, she said she'd love to go back and visit, but she's glad she doesn't live there anymore. Yeah, I mean, there's certain, like, inconveniences to living. Like, even even in, like, the, the big towns and stuff, like you talk like Juneau and stuff, there's, a I think, a month out of the year where it's just night yeah. <laughs> for just a solid month. So that could 
it sounds super cool, but it obviously could interfere with some things. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that would throw your circadian rhythm off, like hardcore. Yeah. Uh, you know, among other things, uh, probably the constant snowstorms that you have to deal with all right. the time. But can you imagine just there being bears and salmon? Being bears. And moose. Can you imagine bears existing? I love bears. <laughs> we have bears down here. And wolves and the white foxes and the Arctic hares. And that's just magic. And it not being 95 degrees all the time. Oh, my God. Uh, we're helter-sweltering out here. I much prefer the cold. Same. That's how I said they're back to my girls, Elena and Ash. I love y'all. They said helter sweltering because they were talking about helter skelter, and it was oh, really. You cute. stole that. I did. I stole that. I'm sorry. Can't believe that. Yeah, I can. So I am. <laughs> so, and I forgot to mention, I got a lot of my information from Legends of America and TravelChannel.com. Mm. Yeah. So, like you were saying, it attracts tourists. It attracts tourists exactly. <laughs> so that's honestly, that's probably a lot of it. Is that. It sells. It's a mystery. It's scary. Yeah. We like it. Well, I mean, it also comes down to, like, causation and correlation. Right. It's still an area where a lot of people go missing. Sure. So even if it's not a supernatural thing, a place to be careful. Right. To, to take precautions. Right. Well, Leanne, thank you so much for requesting this topic. I didn't know about it, and I think a lot of our listeners didn't either. So this has been really fun to delve into this and um let's go to alaska one day yeah and just walk out into the wilderness yeah and never come back poke the moose oh no leave the moose alone <laughs> moose is just out here vibing doing moose shit would kill me would kill you yes. would kill me wouldn't think twice about it nope nope so um did you hear back from mr ew money bags i know that he was supposed to get back to us yeah i got a letter well i can't read it why not he dipped it in gold. Oh, <laughs> so, God. Yeah. So he it didn't is use, a gold-plated like, piece of paper that he sent me, yeah. So he didn't, like, write in gold? He just wrote on a piece of paper and then dipped it and in gold? And then dipped it in gold, yeah. But I assume it says that we've been renewed for at least 10 more episodes. Clay, this looks like composition notebook paper. Yeah, no, I mean, there's the whole saying, like, spare no expense, and then he did, but then he did dip that in gold. So. He is extremely wealthy. He is extremely wealthy. I assume he doesn't want me to send this back. Uh, well, I don't know. He might want it back. I guess you don't get that rich by letting people have golden plated paper. <laughs> He's going to reuse it. He can still use the backside of it, I guess. Spare no expense. <laughs> we'll be right back with more Pet Candy. Hi, this is Shay, and I want to tell you about my new show on Pet Candy, Cooking with Shay. I make vegan eating easy and fun. Check it out on Pet Candy TV. So everybody, thank you so much for listening. If you would like to request a topic, you can do so. Clay, where can they email us? Obsessedwiththepalmers at gmail.com. And you can also follow us on Instagram at obsessed with the Palmers. So we hope you enjoyed this episode. Please send us your requests and we will be doing another giveaway soon. So uh, fret not if you are not Kit because you will get your goods. As everybody knows, my beloved husband, Austin Clay Palmer, left us with a cliffhanger last week. There's a new rule for this podcast. <laughs> and this applies for either one of us. Okay. If you do a two-parter, 
You don't get to skip your next one. You got to do two or three in a row. I wanted to stay on stay on track. You know, you've got the the odd numbers. I got the even numbers. No more cliffhangers. <laughs> okay. No more cliffhangers. So stay tuned because next week we're going to go back to Clay's haunted house and he's going to tell us the rest about the shadow people. And uh, it gets worse. Yeah. There's a lot to say about the shadow people, though. I had to do two parts on this one because there's like a lot, a lot. Anyway, again, thank you, Leanne slash Kit. We really appreciate you. We cannot wait to send you your package in the mail. Be the best. And um, everybody, we'll see you next week. Vet Candy. Vet Candy. Vet Candy. It's Vet Candy Radio.